Hello and welcome to the Grace Place NYC. We are a church in the neighborhood of Hamilton Heights in Harlem. This week, Pastor Stephen Paramala is speaking about the law of the harvest. Let's listen in. We are the daughter church of the Grace Place Church in Arlington, Texas. Most of you know that. We've talked about it. We've had uh, the pastor from our parent church up here to preach back in September. I talk about it all the time. Uh, Priscilla and I were on staff at the Grace Place Arlington for six years before God called us to New York City to plant uh, this church. And so they, as our parent church, they sent us out and they've acted as our covering ever since they sent us out four and a half years ago. To be honest, we would not still be here today if it weren't for our parent church and everything that they've done for us and, and what they continue to do for us even up to today. But I want you to imagine with me uh, that, you know, all these years they've been supporting us. They've been our parent church. They've been helping us financially. They've been helping us in, uh, with different things that, that we need. They've been our covering. Imagine with me for a moment that the roles got reversed, where I got a call from our pastor from our parent church, and he said, Steve, we, we've come on some hard times, the economy uh, is really gone down in Texas and we've had a bunch of people leave our church and I, we need help from you guys up in New York City. We need some financial help. Imagine if the roles reversed and I received a phone call like that. This is what was going on in 2 Corinthians chapter number 9 and that's where we're going to be for most of this message we're going to be in that chapter and this is exactly what was going on and paul was writing to the corinthians to ask them to collect an offering for the mother church uh, that was in jerusalem who had hit some very very difficult hard times and remember last week i taught you that the way we treat one another directly affects how God treats us. Did you hear that? The way we treat one another directly affects how God treats us. If we don't forgive our brother and sister when they sin against us, the Bible says God will not forgive us. If we withhold forgiveness from other people, God withholds forgiveness from us. When Jesus was pressed by the religious people and they said, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus said, love God with all of your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself, equating those two things together. In light of this, a lot of what God is doing in you is not just for you. It, it, the, the moment you get that will be the moment that God can use you to do amazing things. When you understand the, the things going on in your heart, the things you're going through, it's not just for you. It's for the people that you can help once you get through that trial in your life. In the same way, everything God gives you is not just for you. We, are a, we, we get blessed in order for us to be a blessing. Amen? And when you think about church in terms of community, we, we no longer view our time talent or treasure as just ours. We realize that we are to use those things to benefit others. We are to use those things to benefit 
others. If you aren't generous with others, you are probably limiting what God wants to flow into your life. You hear that? If you're not being generous with others, you are limiting what God wants to flow through your life. So let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to start with verse 5. And this is the Apostle Paul speaking. And uh, just bear with me. I'm, I'm recovering from a sickness, so my voice isn't as strong today. So just bear with me. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to visit you in advance and finish the arrangements for the generous gift you had promised. Then it will be ready as a generous gift, not as one grudgingly given. Verse 6, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Paul here uses an agrarian principle to describe and encourage the Corinthian believers' generosity. Everyone in first century Israel and surrounding cities would be very familiar with the business of agriculture. There were a lot of farmers around. Okay? That is why many of Jesus' parables and analogies were agricultural in nature because he was trying to relate to the people that he was ministering to. He was trying to relate to the audience which was hearing him. Paul, in the context of helping his brothers and sisters in Jerusalem, says what you sow into their lives, what you sow into the lives of your brothers and sisters in Jerusalem, that is what you are going to reap in your own life. If you are stingy with them, you're going to reap stinginess in your life. If you, if, if you sow generosity uh, into the, those brothers and sisters over there in Jerusalem, you are going to reap generosity in your own life. This is what many Bible teachers call the law of the harvest. A law is something that cannot be changed regardless of whether we like it, we agree with it, or we feel like it's true. A law is true no matter what. It doesn't matter what your opinion is. It's true, okay? For example, the law of gravity is what goes up must come down, okay? That law doesn't care how you feel about it. That law doesn't care what your opinion is about it. That law doesn't care if you believe it or not. Uh, and if you want to test it, Go climb up one of these apartment buildings after church and jump off and see if the law of gravity cares whether you believe it or not. Okay, what, go what goes up must come down. And it's the same with the law of the harvest. The only thing that can cause a law to change is for God to miraculously intervene, which we totally believe can happen. And it does happen. But we understand that God created these laws, and for the most part, the world functions within these laws. Okay? This principle of sowing and reaping is not only found in this passage, but we can see it in Proverbs chapter 11, verses 24 and 25. It says this One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Jesus said in Luke 6, 38, Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. 
And then Galatians 6, 7 says this, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. God is not what? He's not mocked. Okay. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. So great. I want to be blessed, so I'm going to be generous. I have the formula to get rich now. Let's all go get rich. Not so fast. Let's continue to read in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, verse 7. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. Verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you. So that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. So why do we give? Why do we give? Why should we be generous? It's because God is able to make all grace, his unmerited favor, abound to you. Our sins are paid for because of God's grace. Amen. Are you grateful for that? We are free from the bondage of sin because of God's grace. We give generously, not in order to get rich, but because God has generously and lavishly poured out his grace on us through salvation. We don't give to get, although that is a byproduct. We give because he has freely and generously and lavishly given to every one of us. I want to share with you six laws of the harvest this morning. Uh, and I got a lot of today's content from Dr. Tony Evans' book, Horizontal Jesus. And this content isn't new. I've heard it preached in different ways. I've even preached uh, uh, basically this outline, this message in, in a different way before. But this particular outline I borrowed a lot from Dr. Tony Evans. So the laws of the harvest. Number one, your harvest depends on whether you sow. Your harvest depends on whether you sow. Second Corinthians 9 and verse 6 says, Whoever sows, if you are not sowing anything, then this passage is not applicable to you. Are you included in the wh whoever? Are you planting seeds? Are you sowing seeds? Are you doing your part? You would think that this first law of the harvest would be obvious, but there's a lot of consumer Christians in the church today that expect a harvest without planting any seeds. They expect God to bless them without them planting any seeds. They expect God to use them without them having to be obedient to his word. These consumer Christians are only interested in what God and his church can do for them. Worship has to fit their preference. The preacher has to be a theologian, psychologist, and best friend. If you have kids, the kids' ministry has to be a glorified Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and don't you dare ask them to serve or give. If you have a need, then you need to plant a seed. If you have a need, then you need to plant a seed. A farmer cannot harvest a crop without sowing a seed. Okay? What would you think of a farmer that went out into his field... Um, and he prayed that God would give him a harvest. He even fasted a few meals about that harvest. He even sang a little worship song and, and was just thanking God for the harvest. But he never planted any seeds in the field. What would you think of that farmer? He ain't going to get any harvest because he didn't plant a seed. 
Are you sowing seeds toward the harvest you're believing God for? If you want to get promoted at work, are you helping other people get promoted? The context of this scripture is financial in which Paul is telling the Corinthians, the heart behind the seed you're sowing will determine the return you're going to receive in your life. Are you financially sowing seeds into the kingdom of God? Are you faithfully sowing financial seeds? Are you faithfully tithing and giving offerings and going above and beyond? Are you faithfully helping those around you that are in need? Sowing seeds into the kingdom. The second law of the harvest is this. Your harvest depends on what you sow. Your harvest depends on what you sow. This is what I mean by this. It's a very simple rule of farming. If you plant apple seeds in the ground, what kind of tree are you going to get? You're not going to get a banana tree. You're not going to get uh, a coconut tree. You're going to, if you plant an apple seed, you're going to get an apple tree. If you plant tomato seeds in the ground, you're going to get a tomato plant. You're not going to get potatoes. Okay? If you want people to treat you kindly, sow kindness into other people's lives. If you want God to bless you financially, sow financial generosity. Jesus said it this way. We know it as the golden rule. Luke 6, 31. Treat others the same way you want them to treat you. Treat others the way you want them to treat you. The golden rule. Do you want others to include you in social activities? Then maybe you need to plan some social activities and include others. Okay? Do you want people to value your contribution to the organization, your workplace, or the church? Then value others' contribution to the organization. Amen? The problem is that many people want God to be generous towards them, but they're stingy with their resources or they're lazy with their time and they wonder why they're not being blessed the same way other people are being blessed. But what's happening is you're reaping what you're sowing. It's a law. It doesn't change no matter what our opinion or feeling is about it. The third law of the harvest is this. Your harvest depends on how much you sow. Your harvest depends on how much you sow. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 9, 6 again. Remember this, whoever sows what? Do we have that? Do I have that next scripture? Whoever sows what? Sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows what? Generously will also reap generously. Paul makes it plain and simple for us to see. If you give little, expect little in return. If you give out of a heart of generosity, expect a generous return. Now, I want to be clear. This is not a comparison game. Okay? God is not judging you based on what your neighbor gives. Okay? God is not judging you based on external situations. Paul goes straight to the heart. You know in your heart whether you're being generous or not. Nobody else can tell you whether you're generous or not. Okay? And so he's saying that the way you sow, if you, if you sow sparingly, that's the return you're going to get. If you sow generously, that's the, uh, that's the return you're going to get. He's pointing towards the heart. Are you withholding from God out of fear or stinginess or lack in trust in God? 
I, uh, I attended a boarding school in northwest Missouri my junior and senior years of, of high school, uh, and, and uh, it was founded by a, a wealthy businessman turned pastor, and he also owned 17,000 acres of land, and uh, most of the acreage was, uh, was made up of cornfields. Now, uh, if, if, he, if, this, if this man went to one of his fields and planted seed in that field and then expected the, the, the rest of his thousands and thousands of acres to reap a harvest, what would you think? That he was crazy, okay? If you want to reap a bountiful harvest, you've got to plant a bountiful amount of seed, Amen. Yet we have so many believers who don't honor God with the first fruits of their harvest, yet expect a generous harvest. We have a lot of folks who get super spiritual when there's something bad that happened in their life, but then completely forget about their relationship with God once the pain is removed from their lives. The fourth law of the harvest is this. Your harvest depends on where you sow. Your harvest depends on where you sow. I decided that I wanted some tomato plants. Okay? I like tomatoes. And my son likes tomatoes. He likes them in salad. He likes them in sandwiches. And so I I went on Amazon and got some tomato seed. Uh, And so it it came in the mail yesterday. And I decided I want want some tomato plants. So so I'm going to plant some seeds because that's what I've been telling us to do, right? So here, I'm planting seeds. Now, what's going to happen with that seed? It's not going to do anything. Why? Because the soil I planted the seeds in is not conducive for growth. This is a tile ground. It's not fertile soil. But if I take these same seeds, okay, and I get some, I get some fertilized soil, okay, and, and I plant these seeds in here, I bury these seeds in here, and then, and then I give it some TLC, I give it some sunlight, I give it some water, and I give it some time. What, what's going to happen? I probably got to get it out of this little pot at some point. But as long as I give it some TLC and I provide an environment conducive for its growth, what's going to happen? That seed is going to turn into a plant which bears tomatoes. Okay? Some of us, we're planting seeds on soil that, that is not conducive for its growth, and then we're not seeing a harvest, we're not seeing a return, and we're all frustrated. You can't just plant seed anywhere. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 13, verses 3 through 8. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them here, the context of this parable of Jesus is us receiving the word of God and how we, if, if, the, if the word of God is not received in fertile soil, it can be choked away, it can be stolen or whatever. Uh, but this, it highlights the principle of where you sow your seed matters. We should be sowing seeds into good, 
fertile soil that will reap a harvest. We should minister to everyone, okay? But you'll come along someone that is super hungry to learn more and grow, and wisdom says to invest more into that person because they're hungry to grow and learn from you, okay? Christian, I'm going to put him on the spot for a second. He's been a great example of this ever since he's been a part of our church. He has made it a point to meet with me uh, three or four times a month, okay? And he lives in Queens, but he'll make the trek out to Hamilton Heights, no complaints, no problem at all. There's sometimes I'll go to, to Queens to meet up with him, but for the most part, he'll come out to meet with me. And every time we get together, he has a list of questions that he wants to talk about and he wants to discuss. And he's asking me, how can I grow? How can I get better? How can I become a better leader? And he's open to receiving correction. Okay, if I have to have a tough conversation with him, he takes it. If I have to tell him something that he needs to improve in, he takes it, he receives it, he runs with it, and he fixes it. Okay, this is someone uh, that I look forward to investing in because he's good fertile soil. We must plant seed in soil that is designed to receive and nourish the seed. In the spiritual realm, we sow in good soil by investing in that which will allow us to legitimately give thanks to God. Paul explained it this way in 2 Corinthians 9, 10, and 11. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and, in will, and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Can you give thanks to God for where you are sowing your seed today? Can you look at where you're investing your life? Can you look at where you're investing your money? Can you look at where you're investing uh, your time, your energy, and give thanks to God because of that? Are you, are you sowing your finances, your time, your energy in, in, in places that are, re, that, that, that are good soil, that are, that are worth the investment, where, where you can look back and say, I give thanks to God because... Great things are happening where I'm investing all of these things in. If you can answer yes to those questions, then you are planting your seed in good soil. Amen. And the fifth law of the harvest is this. Your harvest depends on when you sow. Your harvest depends on when you sow. Galatians 6, 7 through 9 says this. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. This is a very important point to grasp because we live in an instant gratification crazed society. And I've talked about this before. We don't want to wait for anything, right? We don't want to go to the gym and work out. So we put a filter on all our photos, <laughs> right? We want, we want instant results. We want instant gratification. Okay. We don't want to put in the work. So a filter will do. It's a lot faster. It's a lot easier. Problem is when people see you in person, it's like, who am I talking to? It's not the person that I just saw on Instagram. <laughs> When a farmer plants seeds for his crop, he doesn't come out the next day and wonder why he, he doesn't have a full-grown plant, okay? 
when a farmer plants seed, right, if he wants a cornfield and he plants uh, corn seeds, he doesn't come out the next morning when he wakes up and say, what happened? Why don't I have full-grown uh, uh, corn plants out here? He doesn't do that because it takes time for seeds to germinate and grow and for fruit and plants to ripen. The bigger the plant, the longer it takes to grow because the roots of the tree need to grow down deep into the ground in order to sustain the weight of the tree that's being, uh, that's being created and grown and built up. The law of the harvest is a process, not an event. Let me say that again. The law of the harvest is a process. It's not an event. You know, some people, they tithe for one Sunday and wonder why they're not out of debt and why they don't have, you know, $100,000 in the bank. Well, it's a process. It's being faithful over time, over time, over time, being faithful, making faithful financial decisions, right? Making, uh, being uh, generous on a faithful level, not just a one-time thing. It's a process. Amen. John 12, 24 says this. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. What does Jesus mean by this? Obviously, he's talking about he needing to go to the cross and die in order for him to uh, be able to give salvation to humanity but he is also saying that when you plant a seed, there's a dying process. Okay, when I, when I put that seed in this ground, I buried it. There is a process of dying before it comes to life and becomes that thing in which it was intended to become. Amen. You, you, that when you bury that seed, you're, you, whether that is a, a financial seed, a seed of prayer or, or meeting someone else's need and you're planting a seed that way. You are burying it in the ground by faith, right? That means once you plant that seed, you have to let go of what that seed can do for you, and you have to trust God to do what only He can do with that seed, okay? So, so that means if I'm planting a seed by meeting someone else's need, that means I'm not expecting something back from that person. I'm giving just to be generous. I'm not giving to be controlling. I'm not giving in order to get something from that person because that's kind of manipulation. I'm going to give that. I'm going to plant that seed and I'm going to allow God to do with that seed what he wants to do with that seed. And so whenever the return comes, that's not up to me. It, I, all I'm called to do is plant that seed. God promised the harvest. God promised the return. So that means I give open-handedly. Not I give, but what, what are you giving back? Because that's not true generosity. Okay? You, once you plant that seed, you have to let it go and you have to trust God to do what only he can do. Do not grow weary in doing good in due time. In due time, you will reap a harvest. And due time doesn't mean your time. It means God's time. Okay? And he doesn't always show up right when we want him to show up. He shows up at the right time in God's time. We have to be faithful. We have to trust and we have to be patient. Don't be discouraged if you're not seeing instant results in your life. God is always at work whether we see it or not. When God is silent, he's not still. 
when God seems silent in your life, you can trust that he is not still. He is always working on your behalf. He is always working, whether we see it or not. He is working behind closed doors. He is working when we, when, with what we can see, and he's working with what we can't see. When God seems silent, he is not still. He is working everything towards your good. Amen. And then finally, the sixth and final law of the harvest is, your, and this is a huge one, your harvest depends on why you sow. Your harvest depends on why you sow. The reason God wants to bless your sowing is to increase the harvest of your righteousness, according to 2 Corinthians 9.10. God is interested in meeting your need as long as it helps you grow more like Christ. Okay? Our motives for a greater harvest must be to grow in our faith in Christ and to be able to share our blessings with others. Okay? What I'm preaching to you this morning... This is not a prosperity gospel. I am not preaching to you a prosperity gospel. God's goal is not for you to become rich. Uh, God's purpose for your life is not for you to get a fancier car or a designer or whatever. That's not God's ultimate purpose for your life. When God blesses us, it's so that we can share our blessings with others for the glorification of God. Now, uh, do we need... Uh, financial prosperity in the kingdom of God? Absolutely. I would love for a multimillionaire to say, you know what, I'm going to get the Grace Place NYC a community center for them where they don't have to worry about anything. I'm going to just pay for it. I, I would love that. I would love for, for somebody to be able to uh, be able to do that. I would love for somebody to be able to invest in, in one of these, uh, one of these uh, brownstones and be able to pay for it, buy it, renovate it, and say, hey, if, if there's people struggling in your church, there's a place for them to stay for a while until they can get on their feet. Uh, th all of this takes money. All of this takes uh, wealth. All of this. And, and so I believe that God is going to bless us so that we can be a blessing to others and advance his kingdom. When God blesses you financially, it's not to raise your standard of living it's to raise your standard of giving. When God blesses you financially, it's not to raise your standard of living. It's to raise your standard of giving. My pastor at our home church in Texas would always say this. If God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. If God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. If I could have the worship team come up. And in closing today, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 10 again. <clears throat> and it says this, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. The Apostle Paul is drawing from Isaiah 55.10 in this verse that we just read. Who's the one who supplies seed to the sower? God. Who's the one who supplies, uh, who, who's the one who increases your store of seed? It's God. And who's the one that makes the seed grow? It's all God. 
This is all about God's grace working in our lives as we trust him and obey his word. This is all about what God can do. But many of us, we're withholding from God. We're withholding from others because we don't truly trust God with our lives. We're we're afraid if we say, God, use me to do anything. We're afraid of what God might say to us. Or maybe we're afraid to give God our whole lives because we feel unworthy. Maybe we feel like we've messed up and screwed up too much in life for him to be able to use us. And so because of that, we're holding back. But I want to tell you something, church. What you sow, you're going to reap. If you sow generously of your time, your energy, and your gifts, you're going to reap that back in your life. It's the same thing with your finances. Trust God with your finances. Trust Him. The Bible just talks all through the Old and the New Testaments and through the Gospel about how wealth, if we allow it to become an idol in our lives, it will destroy us. It'll make us greedy. It'll make us selfish. It'll make us turn on our, on our friends and our family. It'll make us do all sorts of things if we don't submit it to God and trust God with our money. If we don't trust God with our relationships, we might use people to meet our own personal needs. We might start controlling people. We might start giving, but with the underlying motive of you better get me back. And that's not true generosity. So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to be a generous sower. I want you to remember these six things here. Go back through them. The laws of the harvest. Your harvest depends on whether you sow or not. If you're not sowing any seed, if you're not being generous to anybody in your life, you need to start. Number two, your harvest depends on what you sow. Okay? If you want a financial harvest, you better sow financially. If you want others to be kind to you, you better be kind. If you want forgiveness from someone, you better offer forgiveness to them. Number three, your harvest depends on how much you sow. If you're stingy, expect that back in your life. Number four, your harvest depends on where you sow. We've got some seed over here. When we come to church next week, I don't think there's going to be a little bud coming out of the the tile ground here because it was the wrong soil. It wasn't conducive to growth. Number five, your harvest depends on when you sow. Don't give up in due time. If you stay faithful, if you stay patient, if you trust God, you're going to reap where you sowed. And finally, number six, your harvest depends on why you sow. Why do you sow? Is it for selfish gain or is it to be a blessing to others? Is it so that you can grow more like Christ and be more like Christ and be more self-giving and self-sacrificing? Or is it to build your own empire? Amen. Let's pray today. Thank you for being with us at TGP NYC. That concludes today's sermon from Pastor Stephen Perumala. You can listen to other sermons on Spotify or wherever else podcasts are available. For further details about The Grace Place, please visit tgp.nyc.